0: many generations. And it's such a well-loved book. For some of you, perhaps it's your favourite book. People seem to love it because it is so relatable. We can find stories in Psalms and, and, and emotions in Psalms that we still feel today. We can hear the prayers of the Psalmist and say, that's my prayer too. It's so relatable. They wrote about feelings and experiences. They wrote about their thoughts, and their response to God's actions and the actions of those around them. And there are so many different feelings, emotions, and things, themes, I guess, that we can get from the book of Psalms. Today we're going to start with the idea of wisdom. In fact, the book of Psalms is part of that wisdom literature. Most of you would know that the Bible is made up of 66 different little books, and all of those different little books have different Things are different points behind them. Some of them are law books. Others are history books. Others are books that uh, talk about the stories of the prophets. But Psalms is one of the wisdom books. It contains the wisdom of God to his people. And the very first Psalm, Psalm 1 that we've just read, highlights the idea for the rest of the book. It's like the little introductory passage. If you've written narratives before or you've written an essay before, you know that part one has to be what you're going to say in the rest of your story or in the rest of your essay. That's what Psalm 1 has done. It has said, this is where your wisdom needs to come from. Your wisdom needs to come from the words contained in the scriptures. Well, today, we seem to get our wisdom from so many different places. I look around and there's so many different generations here, but today we can get our access to an inexhaustible amount of knowledge from the click of a button or the swipe of a screen. We can have our podcasts playing in our ears or our audio books. That's my preferred way of learning. We can have television on demand. Don't like what's on TV? Stream something from a streaming media. You can watch whatever you like get information on whatever you like. We have constant access, mostly, to our friends and family via the telephone or via Skype or FaceTime, so we can ask our friends and family what they think. We've got access to information and the voices of wisdom. It's never been so simple to find out advice or knowledge or information. It was a little bit simpler when I was a kid. Now, I'm not very old, but as a kid in the 80s and early 90s, for us to get information, we went to the library and we looked up on the one computer. Yes, I have, was lucky to have a computer at the library, and I would type in what I would look for in my assignment, and it would give me a list of four or five books, and I could go and find them and use the index and trace it through like that. If I wanted knowledge, that's where I went. If I wanted something that was a little bit more personal, I'd probably ask a friend or family that I saw regularly or I'd have to write a letter, which would take a little bit to get the response back. So most of my knowledge as someone who doesn't read a lot came from my mum and my dad and my brother. Now, my brother, Tristan, he's three years older than me and he's an excellent brother to me. He was a great uh, protector, a good playmate, uh, but he was also my advisor. When we were teenagers, We went to neighbouring Catholic schools. He went to the boys' school and I went to the girls' school and it shared a fence line but we never met each other during the day. It just wasn't done. The boys are there, the girls are there, we don't talk. The only time we got to interact was on the bus on the way to school and the way home from school. Okay, so you can imagine that the girls' school before you line up for the bus, the lines for the bathrooms were massive because they had to make sure their hair looked beautiful and that they had their best makeup on and they, they looked great before taking the bus line because they were about to meet the boys. The boys similarly arrived at the bus line smelling like lynx perfume, just they'd sprayed it everywhere and you could just smell the boys a mile away that's how we lined up, and the, when you get on the bus, the big kids got the privilege of lining up first and they'd go to the back and then us little kids, we'd get to the front. Grade 7 sat right at the front. I remember this day lining up as I had done right at the back of the line. I hadn't gone to the bathroom because I didn't care about boys, but I was waiting in line and all of a sudden my bag was yanked out of the line. You see, my brother had noticed that on the bus there was a group of boys a little bit older than me, maybe grade 8 or grade 9, that were picking on me. And they kept calling comments to me every single day. And he knew that this needed to stop. So he grabbed me lovingly but forcefully by the handle on my bag and pulled me out of line. And he says, don't you dare let them talk to you like that today. You need to stick up for yourself. Tell them to back off. Tell them to pull their head in. And I'm sorry to my mother who will watch this later. He said, tell them to shut up. And he said... And if then they continue to speak to you like that, he says, I'm your big brother. I know how hard you can punch. You walk straight up to that boy and you you set him down. You deck him one. Well, that was the wisdom of my older brother, the wisdom that I respected. So he went and got back into his line and I found my way back to my line. And inside I could feel a bit of a pain in my stomach, a bit of turmoil building up, a bit of I don't know what to do here. I knew I did need to step up for myself, but I wasn't exactly sure that violence was going to be the answer because I was a good girl, right? I did everything I was told to do all the time. I was, I was angelic. You ask my mum. I was totally perfect all the time. I never did anything wrong. The worst thing you could say to me was, you've got a detention. Couldn't have handled that. So for him to say for me to do something that I knew was wrong... Well, I was a bit conflicted. Well, we took our place on the bus. My brother down towards the back in grade 11 and me at the front with the girls in grade 7 and the teasing started and the mocking and some more teasing and some more mocking and I could feel inside that little confliction going on and it started to turn from being conflict to boldness. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, I'm going to do this, Yeah. So I stood up and I turned around and I found that boy and I said, you shut your mouth or you'll have me to deal with. This high I was. Of course, the boy's response was, ew, well, she's got a voice. I'd love to see what she can do. So I marched to the bus, found his spot where his little mates were sitting and I said, you say that again? And you will have me to reckon with. The boy
1: said, give me your best.
0: Locked him one, right on his left cheek. And I tell you what, my brother had trained me very well. I was a good little boxer and that boy never said anything ever again. I then turned, went back to my seat. And as I sat in that seat of the bus, I couldn't help but feeling proud of myself, sticking up for myself. And I thought, actually, I could get used to being this tough girl rather than the good girl. But actually, that might work for me. No one's going to pick on me. Maybe I should become the tough girl rather than the good girl. Because the good girl just seems to get picked on. Well, my brother was right. The boy never said anything to me again. But the next day at school, the boy's mum had obviously rung the school and I was in a lot of trouble. I don't know whether. My mum ever found out, but yes, the detention word was there and I went to detention, but it was worse than that. I knew I'd done the wrong thing. Many young people listening, and I guess old people too, violence is never the right way to deal with conflict. You absolutely need to stand up to bullies, but never with your fists. You see, I had got caught up in the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of my big brother. The wisdom that says the biggest and the toughest and the meanest, they'll rule the world. What had started by me just standing in the bus at the back of the bus line listening to the words of my brother had turned into me participating in a negative action and it had nearly led to me turning to the tough girl rather than the good girl because I felt quite comfortable in that space. It turned very quickly from good to nasty and that's what Psalm 1 starts with. It tells us that the blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, who does not stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. It shows three different levels of encountering wickedness, listening to the world. First, you walk in step. You let that little big brother voice in your ear tell you that perhaps, perhaps you should do this. And then We act on the words. We start to stand like I stood in the bus. We start to stand in the way that sinners take. Then we start to settle. We start to sit down and make our home, make ourselves comfortable and settle in to the ways of the wicked. It's that simple. It starts just with listening. It leads to doing. And then before you know it, That's your whole world. We move entirely away from what God has said. Now, when I think about these words, I think that it doesn't really make a lot of sense, right? It does make sense for my brother to say, stand up for yourself. And it does make sense for him not to be picking on me anymore because I'm tough and brave, but that's actually not the way God wanted me to behave. He wanted me to do it through meekness. And we read in the Beatitudes similar passages that seem to be kind of backwards, where the world says we do it this way, but the God says we do it this way, and it doesn't really work. This week in family devotions, we were reading through different passages that match up with our family rules, and we came across the Beatitudes for one of them, and it was a very interesting translation. It was the International Children's Bible, and it says, "'Happy are those who are sad.'" Well, can you imagine seven-year-old Rupert hearing, happy are those that are sad? No, it doesn't, Daddy, that doesn't make sense. You read it wrong. Happy are those who are treated poorly. That's what the scripture says. Happy are those who get treated poor. This doesn't make sense to our worldly brains. And Psalm 1 doesn't really make sense to a lot of us either. How is it that when we delight in the Lord... When we meditate on his Lord day and night, we're going to get blessings. By spending time in the word of God, we're going to get blessings. That's what it says. Blessings come to people who read, listen to, digest, plant the word of God into their heart. People who find their wisdom in the teachings of Jesus. People who meditate on his words. People who delight in his words. That's where blessings will be found. The psalm goes on to say that they will be like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding their fruit in season, whose leaf will never wither. Whatever they do will prosper. I like the sound of that. I'd love for everything that I do to prosper. would be really great. To have the strength to keep going and never wither, that would be a phenomenal superpower, I think, for a mum of eight. I would love the
1: fruits of blessing. Not so the wicked, they don't get that stuff. They're like chaff that
0: the wind blows away. I don't want the things that I do in this life to just be pointless. I want to leave a legacy. You want to leave a legacy? You want to leave something behind that people remember you for and that your whole life wasn't a waste? Well, don't be wicked. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Well, I want the Lord looking after me, protecting me. Yeah, you want the same? You want to make the lasting impact on the world. You want God to protect you, God to take care of you now and in eternity. Yeah, that's what I want. I want the blessings of God to rain down on me, 100%. That's what I want. Well, then I need to read, listen, get into the wisdom of God. I need to hear his words, not Tristan's words. Then I will be blessed. Or will I? You see, that seems pretty straightforward. Do this, get this. Do this, get that. But when I actually look at it, I'm not sure I see that in the world. When I compare the lives of my friends who don't know God and who don't read his words, and don't delight in what he says to them, they seem to have pretty good lives too. they got family. they got a husband who loves them. they got a job. They've got more money than I've got. They've got a beautiful house. They've got so many blessings. They've got friends to talk to, hobbies they enjoy. They've got so many blessings, and yet, they don't listen to the words of God. Seems to be making a bit of a mockery of this psalm. And what about those who don't have? Does that mean they're not delighting in the words of God? Perhaps that's you. Perhaps you go, hey, you got more blessings than me. This isn't fair. You got a husband, you got kids, you got a job, you got you got more than me. Is that because you spend more time in the words? Is that because you meditate on the words more than me? Because you tell me how much you meditate and I'll match it. You see, I think we misunderstand the way God's blessings work. It's a bit of a trap in this psalm. When we read it in a worldly way, we hear it kind of in a comparative way, right? I compare me to Ian. I compare Ian to Theo. I compare us to one another and say, well, God's blessing must surely be upon because look look at what God has given them but that's not the way it works. You see, God makes it rain on the wicked and the good. He makes those earthly things come to us. If you do the job, you get paid most of the time. If you speak nicely and are kind, you'll probably find the person for you. If you treat your kids kindly, they'll probably show a bit more respect. Those kind of things happen whether you know God or not. God makes the world out of order. Order takes place for the good and the wicked. So what are these blessings that he's talking about in this psalm? What are the spiritual blessings?
1: Not about the worldly blessing. It's about the spiritual
0: blessings. Not about possessions or relationships, but true emotional support love, freedom from sin, joy and hope.
1: Let me show you what I mean.
0: Two seats here. One is for sitting in the way of the world. One is for sitting where the wisdom
1: comes from God.
0: Natalia. I'm just leaving a message, sweetheart, um, to say that I've been talking to the nursing home about Auntie Joyce and things seem to be deteriorating. I'm not quite sure whether there's any hope really. Um, Things just seem to be going from bad to worse. She doesn't know who we are. She's continually frustrated. She's just getting... um, Life is just not being kind to her at all. So, I just really wanted to let you know so that you could pray for her. To be honest, I don't really know what we should pray for, but if you can just keep her in your prayers and pray that in this situation, she will not forget that God loves her and that she will have God's peace that passes all understanding. Thanks, sweetheart. Bye. Those
1: who don't, Delight in the words of the Lord. Respond this way. I don't know what to do. My aunt is sick. She ain't getting any better. She won't be long here. It hurts. I'm not gonna have her in my life anymore. She's gonna be gone forever. I don't really know how to be in this world without her. It's frightening makes me worry, makes me sad. God, I don't know what to do. You know that my auntie has loved you all her life, but I'm going to miss her. She's the one I go to. Father God, I'm going to need
0: your help through this. As I see her suffering... I'm going to need you to comfort me. As I see a need, Father God, I'm, I'm going to need to help speak up for her. So give me confidence to speak to the nursing home. Give me bravery to say the words you need me to say. Father God, just bless my auntie. Bless Joyce. And as she prepares to go back to you, Father God, prepare for her a place in heaven. Help me to stay true to you so that I will one day see her again.
1: Amen. Scenario two on the screen. Earthquake. Death toll in Turkey rises beyond 40,000 people.
0: When I read these headlines, I just have absolutely nothing to say. How can the world be so broken that their little kids can go to school and not come home? How can that just happen? It just makes my blood boil. They didn't do anything wrong, and yet they're gone. Thousands of them. It doesn't make anything, any sense. I can't do anything for it. It's not like I can go over there and rescue people. I don't even have money that I can send to help and they're over there, and they're starving, and they're still looking for their loved ones, and I can do nothing. It makes me so angry that this world is so broken. There is something seriously wrong with this world. It's just not fair.
1: Father God, this makes no sense. These people
0: are gone too quickly their lives taken. Father God, I know this is not the way you designed the world to be. I pray that you return and restore our world to its proper order, that earthquakes will never happen like this again. Father God, as I think of the families who are searching for loved ones, I pray that you will be their peace and their comfort. Father God, I pray that you will be their hope. For those that are mourning and suffering, I pray that you will be their peace. Father God, help me to appreciate the love and the life and the wonderful world that I am living in and your blessings that you have given to me. Help me to t- not take them for granted, but to realize that they are gifts from you
1: and to live every day for you.
0: Ha! Ah, you should have seen this email arrive. Oh, did it make my blood boil? Like I've not given enough to work. For goodness sake. They sent me an email, two lines long, telling me my hours are cut back from 25 hours a week to 10. That's less than half the income. After all I've done at that place, I have worked and worked and worked for them. I have scrubbed my finger. I've not even been there for my own kids, which gets me thinking, what am I going to do about the kids? How am I going to pay their school fees? How, how am I going to put food on the table? This is ridiculous. How dare they treat me like that? Makes me so angry. I, I tell you what, when I get back to school next week, I'm going to give HR a piece of my mind because I deserve better for this. I deserve more than a two line bit information telling me that my hours have been cut back. They need to provide for my family. That's not right.
1: God, I know you've written in the
0: scriptures that. You look after the birds of the air and the flowers in the field and, and you can provide for me and I needn't worry. But, Father God, that's where I find myself right now. I'm worried. I don't know what I'm going to do. All I've got is to depend on you to provide. Father God, provide for my family. Take care of us. Give us the things that we need. Father God, with the extra time that I've now got, help me to figure out where you want me to be working. Give me a new purpose, a new reason to be up every morning, a new reason to get dressed and get out there. Show me how I can be your hands and feet in this world. And Father God, when I return to work next week, help me to do so with grace. Help me to speak with your love to those that
1: make this decision.
0: lousy kids. Don't they get what it does to me when I walk home and all I see is that mess? Why can't they just put their toys away? It's not that hard. There's boxes right there. They just have to put the toys in the box. They treat me like I'm a slave. I'm going to get me started on the washing. That mountain of washing is huge. They've done none of it. I asked them just to sort it out and they couldn't even do it. These lousy kids know exactly what buttons to push. It makes me
1: lose my cool so quickly. I'll make this one real. <laughs> oh, those lousy kids
0: drive me crazy. And yet, and yet, I know, Father God, they are a gift from you. I know they are only children. I know that you have given them to me to help me to parent them but also to help them parent me. Give me the extra patience I need to deal with this mess.
1: Give me the extra time to fold that washing.
0: Give me the joy to see the beauty that they have created even in the mess. Come on kids, let's go
1: get it tidy. This morning, I wonder which seat you find yourself in more often. Is it the words of the world that tend to come out of your mouth?
0: Or is it the words of the scriptures that come out of your mouth? Are you stuck in a world of worry, of bitterness, of anger, of life's just a chore, of this is unfair? Are you stuck in hopelessness? Are you stuck in uselessness? There's nothing I can
1: do. Or do you find hope, peace, comfort, encouragement, joy, the opportunity to serve, and blessing? The wisdom of God leads to spiritual blessings well beyond our worldly view.
0: It will help us to cope when disaster strikes, when our fuse is short at the end of a long day, when we receive unexpected but sad news.
1: God is always there with his wisdom And his wisdom leads to love, joy, peace, and hope. Let's commit again to finding those things in the law of the Lord. Would you pray with me?
0: Father God, it is so easy for us to hear the words of the world, it is so easy for us to find wisdom in our worldly day-to-day life. To hear it from our siblings or our friends or to find it in the news or to get it from our workmates. But Father God, we know that that just leads to more bitterness and more trouble and more worry. Father God, we do not wanna be a people that has that in our lives. We wanna be a people that feels your peace and your joy in our lives. We wanna have hope, Father God. So help us to choose your wisdom, to read and surround ourselves by your words, by the scriptures that bring life into us, that help us to find that extra ounce of patience. Father God, direct our hearts this week to form a deeper relationship with you and your wisdom and your words to us. These things we pray in your name. Amen.